Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> you could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player a preference by searching for Sift Pop. Welcome, everybody, to episode 25 of Disney Plus Reviews. 25 episodes, Jack. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and the Phantom Apprentice. It's Jack Altermat. What's happening, Jack? Oh, just living the dream life. Um, a quarantined life for you and I. Um, just, I don't know. Um, loving the last two weeks of Clone Wars, and I'm not sure what the four before that were i, I don't <laughs> understand what happened in the like the uh, like the planning was off I, I don't know what happened but the last two have been great so i'm glad that's back and i'm glad that there is some semblance of something so yeah anyway. absolutely we're gonna have a ton of fun talking about clone wars uh this week it is back and it's better than ever in my opinion, and so we'll have a lot, a lot to say about that. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Um, if you look through our feed over the last ten or so episodes, you can kind of see we've been kind of bouncing back and forth. So every other week we do a Clone Wars episode and we recap the last couple episodes of the current season, the last final season seven of the Clone Wars, and then we'll intersperse other movies and other things that we're seeing on Disney Plus uh, in the in between weeks because usually there's um just enough for us to talk a full episode on two episodes combined although honestly there's a lot to say about these two episodes i think we're gonna have to try to cram it in uh into a normal length episode here yeah. but um so next week we will take another break from clone wars and then we'll we'll finish off the, the final two episodes ever of the clone wars uh the last two episodes period in two weeks so next week we'll we'll decide what we're going to talk about next week here probably towards the end of the episode but uh, today is all about Clone Wars, and then two weeks from now, we'll cap off the rest of the Clone Wars series. So, uh, Jack, we have turned a corner. <laughs> but what is what is old is gone. What is what is now is new, and it is a completely different show. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on episodes nine and ten of season? Let seven? me say this: that I have, I am so glad that we have cleansed our palate of whatever the two sisters, whatever their names were side story that like literally makes no sense with the per with Ahsoka now, like the Ahsoka oh we my gosh. see now is full powered. She can fight Darth Maul one-on-one -on -one. and um, the Ahsoka for those four episodes literally, uh, I mean, yeah, she didn't want to use her powers, but yikes, like, 
Like mm. it was crazy how un like unpowerful, how pointless it made her look. And now we're back. Like we're back to good stuff. Yeah, it's it is a little bizarre. I everyone knows that a Jedi is not just powerful because they're holding lightsabers. Like that is just an extension of their combat abilities, mm-hmm. um, and obviously gives them the ability to, to take down enemies faster. But it's not like she's waiting to get lightsabers to get like force powers back. She's always had these abilities, even during the whole Martez sisters. Um, you know, four episode story arc that was way too long. I, I could, I could, I couldn't believe how even in hand to hand combat, she was, she was quick and, and fierce, but dude, like you put a couple lightsabers in her hand and she's like a completely different person, which makes yes. no sense in the yep. canon of star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm just glad we, we can finally just move on from the last four episodes. It just sucks that it wasted four episodes of this series that now we're, I mean, in my eyes now it's like, I mean, how many episodes are a total 12? Yeah, there's only two left. It's basically like this show is. I mean, I guess I could give half of an episode to those four. So basically, this yeah. this season is actually eight and a half episodes long for me. Yeah, because those sad. other ones were like I don't even know. Like it would be like saying, it would literally in my mind be like saying, it's Toy Story five. <laughs> only it's just the um the Forky show that's on <laughs> Disney Plus. The five. Right. Is just the Forky show, and you're like, <laughs> that's not toys. That's not a Toy Story movie. Yeah, it's two minute clips of Forky. Really it, weird. If you've been following our show and listened to the previous episodes, this is not going to come to a sh- as a shock to you uh, when I say this. But the last four episodes, episodes five through eight of season seven, were four of the worst episodes for the entire series for me uh, over a hundred episodes they're like those four are probably in the bottom 10 overall and maybe even the bottom five for me and then the last two episodes episode nine and ten are honestly two of the best episodes period in all of clone wars history for me like they, these are two stellar stellar episodes um so i you, you couldn't have gone from more of the bottom of the barrel to the absolute heights for me uh in just a one episode switch over so, right on yeah, I I I, I uh, was pumped. I was I was super excited. I was like verbally like out crying as I was watching the episodes. I was just like, yes, they're doing it. This is awesome. Um, it, it was it was everything that we wanted it to be. And as we'll get into as we go through beat by beat through these episodes, because I want to hit all the good, all the juicy stuff in this in these episodes. There's a lot a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, there is so much crossover and so much tie-in with Revenge of the Sith that I was I was giddy. Like as a Star Wars super fan, like I was just I was blown away by some of the tie-ins that they were doing to the movie. So um so yeah. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So episode nine is uh, titled Old Friends Not Forgotten. And I'm assuming that's a reference to Ahsoka's kind of rejoining her old friends like um, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan Kenobi are people that she used to run. They were her closest friends. I mean, the people that she used to run, run with all every day. And then she hasn't seen them in at least a year. It's unclear exactly how much time has transpired since season five, but um, a long time. And she's visibly older. She's, she looks different. She looks, I think a little taller and whatever you call those things that hang from her head. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
that her race has whatever they look longer like they they come down further uh into her into her chest and so like i just it's just awesome just to see her like and the look on anakin's face when (laughs) she ends up seeing him for the first time over that hollow call or whatever his mouth just drops and he can't even speak for like 10 seconds which is really weird for anakin and um you know, he's just speechless um, seeing her again. So it was such a cool homecoming uh, type of thing for her. But um, anyways, so, so everything that happened, you can pretty much forget everything that happened in the last four episodes. They have almost no bearing at all on these episodes. It's like two different seasons here. Um, The only, they, they, they maybe, I mean, I guess they serve as enough. They needed to get some connective tissue to get, to get, the people in place to then segue to these last two, well, how many episodes? Four episodes. So like, four, yeah. yeah. So like they needed to get that connective tissue together to get you there. But man, they, I don't know, anyway. the one, the one reference and it's made here actually pretty close to the beginning of the episode. Um, when Ahsoka jumps in about four or five minutes in, um, Ahsoka says, makes some mention of like, um, not everyone, thinks as highly of the Jedi council as you might think. And that's really the only reference to the, the previous four episodes that I caught yes. at least. Um, Rafa and trace are now not even mentioned by name. Yeah. We're, um, you don't have to mention them again either. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there are no flashback scenes. There's, there's not like a real strict, uh, you could you could have not watched the last four episodes and jumped in just fine to episode nine, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree with what you said, but there's there's such a, a loose um thread in between those two things but um we get to see obi-wan and anakin we saw them ever so briefly with the bad batch in the first episode um, but now it's like okay we're back um we're seeing these characters they still it's still you know granted these are still ahsoka episodes but we get to see a lot more of them and actually see like this really funny exchange at the beginning of episode nine where anakin comes in and obi-wan is kind of holding down the front and they're getting beat down pretty hard the kind of, the um narration at the beginning of the episode basically is saying that the separatists are hitting hard and mm-hmm. um they're kind of uh getting routed a lot a lot of the clones are are struggling against the separatists at this point in the war it's as we know it's the very end of the war basically and they are scattered across all of the outer rim and having to reinforce and it's it's tough right now and so they are you see obi-wan and a bunch of clones basically being pinned down and anakin just kind of very uh casually very you know swaggerly just kind of walks up to them he's like he's like hey you know you guys sit tight i got this and so he goes in alone just single-handedly walks up to about a thousand droids and you know, kind of does this funny exchange where he's like, hold your fire. I've come to surrender. And of course we're all laughing as, as he's saying this, but yeah, you know, they, it's revealed that Rex and his men are underneath the bridge. They're like literally like Spider-Man kind of like hanging on the bottom of the bridge waiting for the, you know, the, the command or the, the signal uh, from Anakin. And then the signal goes and they come out and what are they writing on Jack? <laughs> what are they writing on? Jetpacks. Oh, they have. Sorry, they have jetpacks. Sorry. (laughs) Every clone trooper has a jetpack strapped to his back. And I lost it, man. It was so awesome. It reminded me of 
the Mandalorian season one from Disney Plus. It reminded me of any like any cool scene that you've seen of like from the original trilogy of With Boba Fett. Boba Fett just flying around. Um, they start like from Death from Above style. They start flying overhead and just shooting shooting droids from the top down, uh, just laying waste to these guys. It was an mm-hmm. awesome action sequence. Cool. I, I, I loved it. And it's not the Sorry. last that we saw. No, it's fine. It's not the last that we saw of jetpacks either. Um, uh, but yeah, they were. Uh, when I said riding, you probably were thinking like, um, well, like a I, transport I, ship or something. Well, and then I thought, did they ride tauntauns into this? No. Did they, you know? <laughs> No, writing is not the right word for jetpack, but um, they had jet jetpacks no. that were strapped to their back. But, cool. Um, so, um, uh, the, one negative that I'll say this is probably the only negative for the entire episode for me um, is having recently watched a couple episodes. I, I mentioned I recently watched just a few weeks ago, uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, those movies, and it is a tale of two different characters. We, we know as we'll get to here in a few minutes, we know that this episode, uh, episode nine of the Clone Wars basically takes place in the same timeline as revenge of the Sith. You watch revenge, of, revenge of the Sith and it's very, uh, emotional emo, very dark, uh, Anakin. And then you see this episode and he's very light and very chummy. With yeah. They're very different characters. They're very different characters. Yeah. I, and that's, I think, um, the Reven- Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is a great movie. I'm just saying, as far as the characterization of Anakin, I trust the Clone Wars characterization of Anakin more so than the movies. Right. Um, and I, I don't think that has anything to do with the actor that played him. Um, like you know his name, you, you know it. But um, uh, Hayden Christensen. Chris Christensen. I, I don't think he did a bad job necessarily. Although I don't think he's a great actor, but I think most of it just came from the direction and from the writing that he was given. And I think they just went way too dark with him. I, I think I understand that they had to get him to Darth Vader, but they were already making him Darth Vader in the second movie, which happens before all of the events of the entire, all seven seasons of the clone wars uh, where he's like literally killing people. He kills all those, um, sand people and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's just like, they, they went way too dark, way too fast. And uh, it's, it's, it's jarring to have just watched those movies a few weeks ago and then see Anakin literally hours before turning into Darth Vader. And he's like, you know, best friends with Obi-Wan um, kind of weird. But um, again, I, I don't think that's anyone's fault. And it's certainly not Dave Filoni's fault. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's weird by comparison. All right. Um, so there, there's just that quick battle scene, and then we, we get into the meat of the episode. So Admiral Yularen um, says, hey, I need you guys to come in right now. And so they're like, okay, um, what's going on? And they, they mentioned Onderon and some trouble going on there. I think it's just to get them onto the ship. And Onderon is, is the place where um, the events of season six have taken place, where it's uh, Saw Gerrera and his boys that are kind of like doing this incursion, um, like in uh, insertion is that the right word where they're like basically taking over the government insurrection and insurrection thank you and um so they get to the ship thinking it's i think it's about about that a message, a message. is it because at one point they asked is it a message from him basically oh yeah and they're like no it's not Sagarera, but you're gonna want to see this <laughs> right and so they get up there and on the hollow on the on the uh, platform or whatever um they it's ahsoka and bo katan which we we knew ahsoka was going to pop in at some point i'm glad that they put her in very early in the episode um obviously this is the scene where anakin's you know goes speechless and basically she just looks at them and says we've located them all uh and we we think that we can capture him mm-hmm. and so um uh yeah uh from there uh 
Yeah. That okay. So I think that's all that's in that scene. And then in the next scene, the girls actually, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan actually come in, per- in person. And it's kind of like this very quick reunion for Ahsoka and Anakin and Ben. Um, and except that, you know, there's no time to talk. There's all this other stuff that's going on. Do you want to talk, kind of talk, I've been talking a lot, a lot here. No, you want to kind of talk about, talk about like um, what else is going on in, in the galaxy and kind of, I, 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 th- I thought the, the relationship between Ben and Ahsoka was kind of interesting I, here. They, well, and and it's one of those where uh, Obi Wan is keeping her at an arm's length. Like you can tell that she's not, he's not as big of a fan of hers. And I think it's because just the nature of the Jedi Order has kind of they have they've yeah. kind of excommunicated her a little bit for what happened. Um, even though she's been you know cleared of all whatever, um, but. But uh, I, I almost get the sense that he he feels a little burned by them extend, extending the hands of of um, hey we're sorry we screwed up welcome back to the Jedi Order and then she basically slapping that hand and saying no I, I'm I'm done well I, I think that, I think that really hurt him yeah and I think that this ties into again we always go back to the the previous four episodes they could have done a better job of showing that she is capable of being independent of them she doesn't really need them, but instead they just made it look like she went on one trip and now she's back and she's got her swag back and she's, you know, whatever. Um, but it's one of those where, uh, Anakin is, Anakin feels bad. Anakin. I mean, this is, you know, her, her, the person that trained him, trained her. And, um, basically I feel like, um, the, all the clones like her, Anakin likes her, Obi-Wan is just, he's a lot, I mean, he's old, more old school about stuff. Like, he just is like, that, uh, the Jedi Order is not to be, it's not a game. And whereas, you know, Anakin and, and even in Ahsoka in this situation gets painted in that picture that's more childish type stuff, so. Yeah, I think if, if this had been like a 28-minute episode instead of a 22 or whatever, I would have lo- loved to have seen a scene just quietly between Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, nobody else in the room, just the two of them and her saying, you know, Hey, I really need your help here. And he's like, Hey, we need, we've needed your help for the last 11 months or whatever. And you know, where were you when when we needed you the most? Right. Um, And then the, um, I just think that also that idea of the, uh, Ahsoka automatically comes back demanding troops to go and find Maul. And Ben is like, we were already on this other thing where General Grievous is, we're going to have to leave and go to Coruscant because General Grievous is going to attack. Mm-hmm. And so we automatically, you know, and she, he's not buying that. And he, he's a very, Ben's a very company guy. And that's why I think that the um, Order 66 stuff that happens in Revenge of the Sith hits him so hard because mm-hmm. like all, his world that he has crafted and been a part of, it rocks him completely. So then he, I mean, that's why he, he and, Yoda basically go, they become hermits for, you know, decades. So, I mean, after this, so, because it's such a, it's just not in his programming to, uh, to not be, you know, do what the company says. So here, the, hey, there, it, here we are. Uh, the Republic says we've got to, the, uh, the uh, Senate says we've got to go fight General Grievous. We can't go on some side mission because you think Darth Maul is on Mandalore or wherever he's at. So, right, right. Yeah, I agree with all that. I, I I really like in just a few words. I, I think you get you do get all of that um, out of Obi Wan and his facial expressions and his not 
quite on boardness, like the way that he kind of stands, like the animation I think is really good. Um, you can tell that he's he's not he he respects Ahsoka and ultimately he finds a workaround that is going to help them at least in part. But mm-hmm. he's also like, I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm on my way to Coruscant right now. And um, I'm not even going to give you all, the entire 501st. I, you can have half of them and you can have Rex. Um, good luck. And I'm out of here. Like, and, yes. and I, I actually, I, I really liked that. Like I, I thought that he was, as you kind of mentioned, like Obi-Wan is very pro Jedi council and very pro Republic. Like he, yes. he's a, uh, Ahsoka actually uh, chides him for that at one point in the episode. She's like, she's like, you know, the Jedi have basically descended into politics and Obi-Wan is very much in the middle of that. And, um, you know, it, it's clear that that's a, a big reason as to why she left the Jedi council. Um, the Jedi order is that, well, and, that, um, and that's what got her, that's what got her not in trouble, but that's what basically ruined her life was that politics and yeah. uh, just uh, people taking sides, that sort of thing. So she's going to obviously try to escape that. She doesn't want to be part of that, but she does know that Darth Maul is uh, someone that they need to get rid of. And uh, Bo Katan, what's her name? Bo Katan. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, she's the one that basically is trying to push them in that direction. And, and you know, that actually. The background of Bo-Katan being uh, uh, Sabine, is that her name? Satine. Satine, good job. Uh, Satine's sister, that alone probably makes Ben like Obi-Wan go, I, I don't really, I'm afraid to even delve into that. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's already been down that road, had his heart broken. Uh, Watch your spent, die right in front of yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. So he probably yeah. wants nothing to do with that. He wants to focus on what he can take care of, and that's, Dor- and that's General Grievous and um go from there so yeah i forgot about that there's there's this really sweet exchange um heartbreaking exchange between bo-katan bo-katan basically looks obi-wan in the eye and she's like he's just like you know um i thought your love for my sister would would be you know what what would compel you to mandalore and and basically i don't remember what his response is but it's basically dismissive you know like hey that's yeah you know that that part of my life is done and i can't oh he says something like i'm not gonna let my personal sister Yeah, it's quite my judgment. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I that that is the that is the, he is the very um, anti Anakin in that way. Like Anakin, you know, is ruled by his emotions, which is ultimately what turns him to the dark side. And he his his relationship with Padme is what ends up severing like and separating ties. I think between him and the Jedi Order. So, um, yeah, he's just not going to go there. So, right. Pretty pretty interesting. Pretty well done. Yeah, I man, I, this is only eight. We're only eight minutes into that. So the episode one or episode nine, episode one of this four-part series, and I'm already like hooked, like hook, line, and sinker. I was like, this is everything I wanted from to see ah- Ahsoka's return and Obi Wan and Anakin and the politics and the war. I was like, man, we're getting everything in one episode. This is great. Right on. Um, I was I was so in. So. Um, Anyway, uh, and Anakin, as you mentioned, Anakin takes her down, down the hall and, and people are saluting her like as she's walking by. At first I was like, are they saluting Anakin? But no, they, they were using the word commander. And of course, he's a general. So, right. um, you know, they were looking directly at her and saying, you know, commander. 
and then like saluting up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why are they saluting me? And he's like, their loyalty is everything to the clones. Like they, they still see you as commander, even though you've not been a part of the, the grand army of the Republic all this time. It doesn't matter. Like right. you're still a commander to them. Um, I loved it. It was so, so great. Um, and then he takes her to this room and it's the 501st, which is primarily the main company that we've been kind of following over these seven seasons. It's Rex and his boys and they have painted their helmets to match Ahsoka's skin tone. And <laughs> I'm already starting to get a little emotional <laughs> as I'm watching this yeah. unfold. I'm just like, man, that is so, so beautiful. So glorious. Um, and so, um, you know, they're, they're standing in formation, ready to basically follow um, Commander Tano's uh, direction, which I right. thought was really cool. Um, and then Anakin gives her a box and it's two lightsabers. And um, they're the same lightsabers that she had before, although he says they've been improved. And I think it's the, he changed the color to blue, which is his color. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he basically says, you know, they're basically brand new. They've been waiting for you. Um, right. Here you go. Um, another cool moment, and um, this is when this is during this scene is when we see the 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 main disagreement slash interaction between Obi Wan and the two of them. And I think even Anakin kind of wants to go with her, but he really feels like he needs to go with Obi Wan. That this thing on Coruscant is a big deal. And when they said Grievous is is attacking Coruscant, and um, you know the the, the uh, Sorry, uh, Palpatine. What's his, what's his title? <laughs> Senator. Like, you know, oh, he's still no. He's he's Emperor Palpatine at this point. Uh, no, they don't. Isn't they don't call him Emperor yet. No, Chancellor? it's Chancellor. Thank you, Chancellor. They, they said the chance the Chancellor is in danger, and and of course, of course, Ahsoka is like, oh, you know, oh, it's not Coruscant that's in danger. It's the Chancellor that's in danger. That's why you guys are going back. She's very cynical of this, but right, obviously, you know. it's Anakin's like, hey, hey, look, I have to go protect the Chancellor. He's my friend. So uh, he ends up going with them as well. And then Obi-Wan basically says, you, I'll give you half of um, the 501st. I'll include Rex in that deal. But we really need as many men as we can um, to get to get back to Coruscant. And that's when I got chills up my spine as I was watching this episode because I was like, this is the scene. This is the opening scene to Revenge of the Sith. This is the beginning of the movie. They're going cool. to Coruscant to protect Chancellor Palpatine and he's gonna Anakin's gonna fight Count Dooku they're gonna you know Grievous is gonna attack whatever and Obi-Wan's gonna have to go f uh, chase him and fight him I was like this is this is literally minutes like an hour maybe before. yeah it's, like, it's all synced up now yeah and it was like I was I was like we're literally getting everything on a silver platter that we wanted yeah <laughs> in this moment um this is exactly how we wanted Clone Wars to end and it's happening it's, it's happening right now um so um, that was really cool to watch too. And they basically, Obi-Wan kind of does this cool little loophole where he's like, look, you're not technically a commander. I know that everyone's saluting you as a commander in the, the grand army of the Republic, but you're not a, um, you know, a GAR uh, commander, a GAR commander. Uh, yeah. But um, if you want to go as a, quote advisor you can advise them on this mission and rex rex can be will promote rex to commander uh in your stead and then yes. so they they promote him and he's commander rex now and she just goes on as as an advisor basically to assist them on the mission which i thought was really cool, cool. it's it's cool it's cool of obi-wan because like I, I you know 
we talked about him as a as a as a cynic, as a not a guy that's not on board with with the side mission that has priorities that he's going to put above this. But at the same time, he's also willing to work with Ahsoka and, and look. You know, I'll, I'll we'll figure out a way to to make you happy and to make this thing happen. So right. And he wants he wants he wants to stop Maul. I mean, I does he believe Maul right. exists at this point? Um. Yeah. I mean. I believe the events of season five and season six, he, he's aware. Yeah. He's okay. aware of, I couldn't of, remember. Of, of all that. Yeah. Yeah. He knows Maul is out there. I, I just don't know that he, I think he would be all in on a mission to go get Maul. If the stuff in Coruscant wasn't happening, I think he was more on board at the beginning. And then when the, the message comes in like, Hey, Coruscant's being attacked. He was just like, I gotta go. Yeah. But, um, I think he he might have even gone with them, and that that we learned in episode ten, and really the episode, at the end of episode nine, that that this was on purpose. Maul was trying to draw Kenobi and Skywalker to Mandalore, and it didn't right. work because of the Coruscant thing. Um, yeah. But I also think Obi Wan wisely knows that Darth Maul is independent of the Separatists, and and really independent of the war. Like he's he's a uh, He's a criminal. He's a super criminal. Yeah, he's, and he's became basically smuggler, drug dealer guy. Like, like I mean, yeah. to I mean, I don't know how else to really say it. Um, you forget about the solo movie. Like, this is a long-standing like. Mm. I mean, it's a long. It's a long-standing thing that he is part of, like the underworld. Like he, yeah. you know, what I'm saying, and like he went from being dead essentially, and. uh and I guess we won't get into him quite this this part of the episode, but we'll get into it later. I, I love Darth Maul. Like I, I think it's one of those oh, where man. one of my favorite characters of Star Wars because I I, I was cra- I was mad whenever he died in Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and then like then when they brought him back in Clone Wars, and then he becomes again part of canon, even more so whenever you see him at the end of the Solo movie. Like I, I feel like it solidifies him as like just a great. I mean he's just a great character. Like he's a phenomenal character. So yeah. I, and I, uh, listeners of the show will know I, I came to seasons five and season six of Clone Wars late. Um, mm-hmm. I, I literally just watched him a month ago. So I was not, I was not familiar with Darth Maul. Even when I saw the solo, a star Wars mo- uh, story movie, I wasn't familiar with any of the stuff that had happened in the Clone Wars. So, um, you know, there's, I guess spoilers for solo that movie's been out for a couple of years now. Right. Uh, but like he, he shows up at the end as kind of like this shadow player, you know, puppet, puppet master behind all this, all these actions and stuff like that. And I wasn't aware of any of that kind of stuff. So literally the only Darth Maul I'd ever seen was in Phantom Menace until about a month ago. And you know, a short scene in, in solo. And uh, so watching five, uh, seasons five and six, and then watching the, this, what we've seen of him so far and we're going to see even more of him in season seven. I'm, I'm sold, man. Like he is, he's easily one of the best characters in all of star Wars. And I think right. the clone wars has made him a good character because in, not that he was a bad character in Phantom Menace, but he was so underutilized. He was he, a weapon. Yeah. He barely even speaks in that movie. He was like a, we- a weapon for the emperor at the time. Yeah. And, um, once he was gone, like it was like, well, I mean, he would have been really cool to, have around longer because he's such a good, like so, so good with the lightsaber. So good with, anyway, we, we'll get to him in a second when he, whenever we get to the, that part of the episode, but yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, Ahsoka and the Republic fighters get, um, show up on Mandalore, which is a violation of treaty. I, I, the, I guess we kind of buried the lead there. That, that's one of the big things that Obi-Wan, um, has trouble with is that he's like, if we go into Mandalore, 
we're we're going in knowing that we're basically violating like a hundred year old treaty that we've had with Mandalore that we're going to basically leave them alone. Um, and so, um, you know, he gives his blessing. I think it's begrudgingly, um, but he's also like, okay, this is a serious, this isn't like something we're going to do flippantly. If we're going to send Republic forces in, we're going to do this knowing that we're basically violating everything. So, um, so they go in and then it's a huge jetpack fight. It's literally, so like at the beginning of the episode, we saw jetpacks versus, uh, droids and now it's literally jetpack versus jetpack and it's all happening in the air and i am like i'm like crying with laughter <laughs> at this yeah. point like it looks so good the action the 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 animation the shadow effects the sound effects i was i was blown away by how good this looked what what do well, you think about this i thought it was awesome and again like the universe um that is star wars like you have Boba Fett in the um, Empire Strikes Back and then into uh, Return of the Jedi where you really only see him use the jetpack once and it's right before he apparently maybe, quote-unquote, possibly, question mark, meets his doom. Um, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like then, then when you go into the Mandalorian that um, we've covered on this show, obviously, um, their use of jetpacks is a lot. And uh, on just in general, like like on and even on Clone Wars uh, earlier seasons with the Mandalorians on there, like they use a jetpack, they fly around. Now you've incorporated that with the stormtroopers, and the Mandalorians as a race are really cool just because of their armor is awesome. Uh, you know, did we see the one general guy, his main military guy with the helmet that has the horns on it? Yeah, Saxon Gar Gar Saxon, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, and he's a great character too. So it's like yeah, like it's really cool. Uh, just the the nature of this fight, and they all kind of look similar. Like that that was one thing about it. Yeah, you watch it, and it's kind of confusing because then you have uh, Bo Katan and her like former Crimson Crimson Dawn pe people that sh that came with her. Apparently, they still wear Mandalorian looking armor. So I mean, like oh yeah, they kind of blend in with the. Uh, Darth Maul's Mandalorians. So it's like uh, interesting to see them all blend, blend together. So yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah, it's a uh, it's full on war. Like it's it's uh it's not just like you know ten guys versus twenty guys. It's like there's hundreds of them, and yeah. the, you see it more in episode ten. But there's a full on full scale war going on uh, on Mandalore at this point. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the full scale war stuff that we saw in the Mandalorian, but we, the difference there was it was actually droids that were per perpetrating the attack, but uh, it's, it's very similar. We're like, this is um, there's civilians that are getting killed in the middle of all this. Like it is, it's a major deal. Like it's something that will go down in, in Mandalorian history for sure. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty massive effect there, but pretty cool. Um, and Soka ends up jumping out of her ship and landing on a Mandalorian ship and she's like taking out dudes with her lightsabers flipping all over the place. She jumps from that yes. ship onto another ship, jumps from that ship onto yet another ship, just kicking butt left and right. Um, at this point I'm like, she's Jedi master at this, at this level. Like she, she's, she, she will never be called Jedi master by the Jedi council and the Jedi council is about to be no more in a few hours anyways. Um, but she absolutely, her skills and abilities, the way that she wields the force with absolute mastery. I, I was, I was blown away um, by how much she's learned and how much she's, you, you can tell she has as, as kick butt as she is in season five. Now season seven, 
we're in season seven, time has transpired. We, I would love to know more about what, what went on during that 10 or 11 month period or whatever. But it, it seems like she's been even training even more in the force. Like she's an absolute force to be reckoned with, no, uh, no pun intended. And so, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to see her just without a jetpack, basically fly through the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As, as a Jedi. So, well, I mean, she jumps at, doesn't she jump out of the transport to start the whole thing off? Yeah. Yeah. She tells, she's like the, she tells Rex, I'm going to, I bet you I'll make it to the ground before you do. Right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Pretty cool. Like, yeah, she's pretty awesome. She's a, she's a warrior, man. Like just first, first blood. Like she, you know, she wants it. So, um, dude, it was so great. I, this is everything. Uh, it's solidified for me that Ahsoka is probably my number two or number three favorite character in star Wars period. Wow. I, and it, it's, and, it, and that's not recency bias. I've loved her for years, but, um, I, I mean, not years, I guess through years of clone wars, uh, you know, I've only seen the clone wars the last few months, but, um, every season of the clone wars I, she was my favorite character so i have been following her through all these seasons but man she was just amazing to watch in this episode and i hope we get to see even more uh, and we did actually already get to see more in episode 10 but cool um kind of wrapping up episode nine they they land on uh on the planet of course um she gets there first and says told you <laughs> to rex they go straight for all mech who's the puppet leader of mandalore we saw him basically uh, propped up in, at, towards the end of season five and he's obviously still there just kind of um darth maul is obviously the true leader um of mandalore in the shadows but he's the one that's out in front and so they get him uh bo katan has this awesome uh scene where she subdues him and uh, you know fires a bunch of bolts and basically attacks him she's kind of shows off as as her prowess of what she's able to do uh has a great fight scene with all um and then at that point, Almec says, "Hey, Ahsoka's walking into a trap. He's about she's about to kill him, and he and he easily folds. He's a total wimp. And yeah. um, but it's too late. They can't warn her. I guess she's below the surface enough in the undercity that she can't, I guess, receive that that hail. And so basically, the episode ends when Ahsoka and her men are ambushed in these in these uh, pipes, like a sewer sewage area underneath underneath the city and she's cornered by a bunch of mandalorians and maul uh, delivers the final line of the episode he says i was hoping for kenobi why are you here exactly and it's like yeah <laughs> ahsoka's chopped liver i guess <laughs> he's pretty harsh on her like and i think maybe the, maybe i'm jumping ahead to episode 10 a little bit but um like he he basically is like i don't even know who you are he wants <laughs> like, but he, but you think about this he wants revenge on Kenobi so badly. I mean, yeah, Kenobi, I, I guess at some level, I mean, I, I, not at some level. No, he, Kenobi ruined his life. I mean, killed him, essentially. He comes back from the dead. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, the, the, the level of disdain and hate he has for uh, Kenobi. So it's like, you know, of course he's, like, really disappointed whenever this JV superstar shows up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like not, you know, it's not kids' hour. Why, why, why is this person showing up? So right. Anyway, yeah, that was a, a a fun exchange. And then, you know, in episode ten, we really we get the full story. Like he's he's really truly after Anakin because um, he he wants to take down this this Phantom Apprentice of of um, Darth Sidious and and become either the replacement for him or really what he wants to do is honestly take down Sidious himself and become the emperor. Like he, he wants the full, he's not, 
happy with just the scraps. Like he, he wants to take over the entire empire. Um, and so, yeah. So when she, she alone appears, he's just like, ah, come on. Like I was hoping for a lot more than this. And he so. probably had built it up pretty hardcore. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you were waiting on this huge event of the person that ruined your life and then someone you don't even know shows up instead, that then makes you even madder at the person that ruined your life because how are you going to send this person that, you know, that didn't matter to me? Yeah. You know, so. And I'll say something now that's actually kind of, you know, you know, 10, 15 minutes from now, we're going to get into like the real discussion, but like he, he makes a lot of to do about how he has fallen from grace from the Sith Mm -hmm. and how he basically has been, turned on like uh that he like you said that he's basically just a weapon like Sidious never really saw him as anything more than just a, a, a sword to wield and and never really had any real intention of of him being anything of any consequence in this grand plan that that Sidious had and so he was just cast aside uh that's a quote from episode 10 i was cast aside and um and I think it's very true in this moment. I think he's realizing how little he has to do with just the grand scheme. He's aware of the grand scheme. He, like he knows what the ultimatum, what the ultimate design of the clones always was to be in this order 66 and taking over the empire and stuff like that, uh, making the Republic into an empire. But he, it's in this moment that he realizes that Anakin and, Obi-Wan are not here because Sidious is pulling the strings and he pulled them to right. Coruscant. Um, yeah. And I think it's just another, yet another slap in the face of, I, I mean, nothing um, to the overall plot. Of yeah. And he feels used like, like honestly, like he, he says that a couple of times where he feels like he, he realizes and he, he already realized it, but like it just is yet another lesson to him that um, he does not like being the person that's uh, like out of the loop. He feels like he's right. <laughs> um, been fooled and uh, he just part of, he's just a, a manipulate been, been manipulated by a lot of, by first of all, Palpatine and then overall just situations he's been in. And he doesn't like that because he's really powerful. Like, yeah, Darth Maul's a really powerful character. So, well, not, and that's, that's the thing is like, as he's, describing this this uh, tale like you know the story of of his you know how everything that's happened to him and how he got to this place and stuff i'm like man he could have always been even more powerful than duke uh, duke is extremely powerful but you know like he could have been maybe the apprentice that duke ended up being for sidious all along um had sidious not you know literally cast him off but um yeah it was it was it's very interesting i we're getting a lot a ton of darth maul lore and story here and it's, it's i'm just eating all of it up yeah it's cool um, so um anyway uh episode 10 starts right off of the heels of that literally seconds after episode 9 they're they're in they're in the sewer sewer area still and there's a little bit more of an exchange which we kind of already talked about he's he's talking about the war and how, how it's coming to a close. The Jedi will be removed. Darth Sidious will take their place. This is all new information to Ahsoka, um, but it's not new information to us, the watchers of course, or even Obi-Wan. Like when he finds out later when he gets on a hollow call with, with Ahsoka later, he's like, Oh, I've been aware of Sidious. Yeah. That's a name that I know. Um, But you know, he's Maul's revealing this to Ahsoka and Ahsoka's like, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. She's obviously been out of the loop. Um, And then um, they somehow get away. I can't remember 
there's a distraction or a fight or something and, and Maul basically takes off and, and goes back into hiding. Uh, Ahsoka goes back to base camp, which I think they've set up just in the throne room of Mandalore, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. That's where they're at. And um, they uh, then it's very solidified at this point that this is happening at the same places, the same place, in t- the same time timeline as episode three, the revenge of the Sith, uh, which is unreal. I bet we're watching this. It's, it's really amazing, but yeah. um, Obi-Wan gets on a hologram, a hologram video call with Go- Bo-Katan, Rex and Ahsoka and mentions that Count Dooku is dead. And in that moment, you're just like, Oh my God, like they're, they're yeah. talking about revenge of the Sith. This is right. that just happened. So, and it, it, it forever, like watching these episodes and I, we're, I think honestly, I, I don't want to like predict too much here, but like in episodes 11 and 12, the final two episodes of the season, I think we're going to get, going to get even more. Like, I think they'll talk, probably talk about Grievous being killed. I think they'll talk, talk about Anakin turning into Darth Vader. Like they, it's, I think we're in for like some really cool crossover I hope, stuff. I hope so. If not, that, that will be disappointing too, because uh, it's kind of fun. It like you're saying, it's fun to be part of that timeline as it develops. And kind of get yeah. to re you get to see another side of it, of where you know other things were happening in the galaxy at the time, of of all those events happening. It's like yeah, uh, it's just Dude, so I really hope it, it all ties together. Yeah, yeah. This I feel like we're watching deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith in a way. Like that is like true. That like that if that had that movie been three hours long, these would have been the scenes that would have been in that movie. Like what, what right. was Ahsoka doing during the events of Re- Revenge of the Sith is what right. we're watching now. Yeah. So I was I was getting chills, man. It was it was so awesome uh, to watch. But um, so, anyways, um, Count Count Dooku's dead. They're chasing um, Darth Sidious and trying to you know figure out what's going on with him. And she even says Anakin is on a secret mission. He can't come to your aid. I know you need some help. She's asking for troops. She's like, hey, you know, it's bad out here on Mandalore. Can you can you please send some more people to kind of back us up? And he's like, I can't I I can't send you anybody. Um I would love to help you out, but we're completely strapped right now. You would not believe what's going on in Coruscant right now. Uh and Anakin can't even come because he's spying on the on the Chancellor right now. He's yeah, which is like hilarious. Mission. Like hilarious yeah. that he's spying on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and uh he delivers this line which i wonder what the payoff of this is going to be but he ends the call saying would you speak to him would you be willing to, to to get him on the line and and speak to him i'm i'm, I'm worried about anakin and that sh- that gives you a lot of insight to obi-wan's thought process during the events of revenge of the, revenge of the said that movie and it also sets up some kind of moment where we might actually see Anakin speak about what he's feeling and what he's about to do in conjunction with revenge of the Sith. Like we might actually get some extra meat on that movie through this show. That's canon. Like it, which I hope hope that happens. Dude, I would love to see Ahsoka talk to him literally minutes before he goes in and kills Mace Windu in front of, Um, Darth Sidious that that would be awesome because I think we're right the events of episode 10 are are probably just right before that scene Um, so yeah it would be awesome to see that cool Um, then they go after Maul again Uh, Maul actually takes one of the clones prisoner Jesse is his name and he's interrogating him and gets him to talk and give him all kinds of information he kind of uses a um, correct me if I'm wrong Jack we saw this this is basically what, what what Maul is doing to Jesse is basically what um, Kylo Ren uh, did. To, Kylo Ren was doing to Ray, right? Yeah, like extracting trying information, to do, trying to do to Ray, and also doing to um, Poe Dameron too. Right. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. 
that was cool. Um, like we know that that we knew we knew that that was co- uh, canon. Uh, correct me, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the first time we knew that, that that was a canon thing that Sith could do was in those movies, right? In episodes seven and eight. I mean, I, I mean, I the emperor, the emperor, the emperor could figure things out like that. Darth Vader could look into people's minds. So I mean, no, I say I, no. I see what you're saying. Timeline wise, this is probably the earliest use of it in a. Well, no, I mean, we saw it, like, like I said, we saw it back in the day. You're meaning in actual, in our time, our actual time, not the timeline of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. No, well, I mean, it's that. alluded to, it's alluded to, you think about Darth Vader and Luke in the elevator um, on the Death Star, and basically, uh-huh. he's basically telling him, you're worried about your sister, you're worried about this or that. Oh, yeah, on the dark I side. about that. It's because he can look into his mind, and he can, okay. he can sense it and sense things. So I'm I'm saying that it's that's been long standing. Like I think that's probably been a long standing. Yeah. Thing. No, that's a good call. So. I forgot about that the elevator scene. So yeah, so he's basically doing that using that Sith power to uh, extract information Sith out of power. it. <laughs> and uh, we find out later that he's successful um that he gets all that information uh, Jesse Jesse's obviously not strong in the force and he's probably pretty easy to get information out of. Mm-hmm. Um let's see uh, Almec starts to reveal information to the clones and Ahsoka and, um, about kind of what's going on, the kind of the greater plan of all this. And uh, we watch Saxon um, actually assassinate him from a distance. Like he has like a sniper uh, blaster, so, so to speak, for lack of a better term, yep. and uh, keeps him from spreading too much information out um, by killing him in the process. Bo-Katan goes after Saxon uh, and almost gets him actually, but gets cut off in the middle of the the chase. Um, kind of an action, cool action scene. I think. Well, I'm hoping uh-huh. to see more of Saxon. Um, uh, Maul's plan is to let Sidious do his thing um, and get as big of a piece of the pie and the chaos as he can. He's kind of revealing this information to Ahsoka in, in a scene uh, between just the two of them. He's like, Hey, you know, um, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to be successful in, in beating Sidious, although he gives uh, Ahsoka that offer here a few minutes later, but he's like the chaos that's about to come. And he knows dude, Maul is so smart. Like he understands, he can see the writing on the wall. He knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks to few months. And he, and he's basically like, I'm going to use the chaos to my advantage and yes. I'm going to take over, you know, as, as a, you know, super crime Lord, like I'm going to take over as much ground as I can during all the chaos. Right on. Um, so, um, they get to the, uh, throne, throne room. um, Maul is there, Bo- Bo-Katan, he's sitting on the throne. Bo-Katan starts firing bolts at him. And I don't, I'm sure you notice, he basically bends the, the blaster bolts. Yeah, yeah, which honestly, when you think about, um, we talked about Kylo Ren earlier, the first one I can remember stopping a laser, a laser blast like that was Kylo Ren. Yeah. But, I mean, right. you had to know that this is a common thing. I mean, there's a reason that <coughs> that stormtroopers have shot at Jedi forever and never get hit. No one ever gets hit because they're just like, they're moving, they're moving the blaster fire. So. Yeah. Dude is so awesome. I, I did think as well about Kylo Ren, but um, yeah, like, you know, most of the time throughout, throughout seven seasons of the Clone Wars, we've seen Jedi and in the movies, we've seen Jedi deflect blaster bolts. Like they're not trying to move them. They're just trying to like, you know, either shoot them back as right. a, a way of, of counterattack or they're just trying to deflect them out of the way so they don't get hit. And he's just like, I don't even need a lightsaber. I'm just going to bend this thing with my right. hands. Um, right. So it was really cool to watch. Cool. Um, 
Maul uh, gives Jesse back to them. He's like, I've, I've got all the information I need. You can have him back. And then it's just Ahsoka and Maul now. And there's all, some just really juicy dialogue that happens between the two of them here. Um, do you want to talk about some of that before I give some of my thoughts on that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. And I'll, 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 I'll step in when, you, when I get, find a chance. Okay. So um, basically, right before they start talking, there's this scene where he's just very calmly I, I love maul's demeanor um i think it's very sidious like but he uh, just cal- calmly just kind of looks out the window and he sees just the absolute battle chaos that's going on down below and he's just kind of like you know just watching it on sue and just kind of reflecting on like all the mayhem that he's created like right. i almost feel like he's like a, like a father like full of pride <laughs> like with this you know this output that he's created mm-hmm. um it's just really amazing to watch him do that and then basically he gives uh ahsoka a a challenge a, an opportunity and she's like hey why don't you and i join up together we'll be on the same team and we'll defeat we'll take down Darth Sidious himself if he's the mastermind behind all this surely the two of us combined with our combined powers could take him down and he actually kind of appeals to their commonality he's which you would think like oh come on like what what did Darth Maul and Ahsoka ever have in common these guys are light and dark you know completely opposite to each other but they actually have more in common than you might think and he actually talks about how they were both cast aside by their own respective sides of the force um Uh obviously him by darth sidious her by the jedi council um that they have become disenfranchised with politics and with the war and with you know the republic in general and not sure of things going forward he's like you and i can make things right and can can you know essentially and she kind of buys it for a second or she's playing him but like she for a second there i was just she says she says quote i will help you but what do you want with anakin skywalker and that's kind of like her last well and 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 she's you know the only thing i can think of is she's looking at it as a means to an end um she knows that she it's too big of a this is too big of a thing for her to do at all on her own i mean she can't even break out of the pike's prison (laughs) uh in two episodes so she she could definitely get help from darth maul who can come back from the dead can set up an entire crime syndicate um is unstoppable so that would be beneficial for her to to go in league with him a little bit to have a means to an end yeah yeah okay so i i I, doesn't surprise me but then it also doesn't surprise me that then she came back with what do you want with anakin and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill Anakin because, yeah. you know, he's the problem. Like, he's the real problem. And uh, that's a, a name that came to me in a dream or a vision or whatever. And he's not wrong, which is kind of cool that yeah. Darth Maul's like that in tune to whatever nasty, gross, dark side of the force is that would spit out, um, you know, Anakin's name. And I need to kill him because he's going to be a problem. And. And uh, boy, that's like the understatement of the century. So, <laughs> yeah, it really shows a lot of his his power and ability. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think I think had he had he said, "Oh, you know, Anakin can go can go his own way. I'm not worried about him. He's he's nothing to me." I think she might have actually been tempted to maybe even join forces with with Maul here because maybe not permanently. I I think honestly, probably knowing Ahsoka, her. Her ulterior motive probably would have been to join forces forces with him long enough to take down Sidious, 
and then yeah. take down Maul right after that. Right, um, like the enemy, the enemy of my friend, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So right, right. So, but yeah, you're right. When when he says, "Hey, look, you know, Sidious's new apprentice is going down." Um, in fact, my whole goal in setting up this whole war and Zalurian Bo-Katan and all of her forces back here is that I knew that she would go to Obi-Wan and the, the uh, Grand Army of the Republic and try to lure, like I was going to get Anakin to come here and kill him myself. So yeah, I'm, Anakin's dead. And she's like, okay, no deal. <laughs> and she says, um, you know, it's on now. And so they go into this big lightsaber fight, which is one of the most amazing lightsaber fights i've seen in all star wars it's it I, know really it's I know it's animated but did, did you did you read anything about the um the mocap the motion capture no this is ray park wow really yep so ray ray park actually motion captured this entire scene that's really so, cool yeah what you're seeing on screen go back and watch it again and you'll see some evidence of like that he moves like ray park um and it's because they, they motion captured him that's really uh, the cool. actual, yeah, the actual actor. So, um, uh, Ray Park is motion captured for the scene, and I think the ending scene as well, um, where they're in the rafters of that building, and um, the Ahsoka is being mocapped by. Um, oh, I want to get it right. Let me give me a second just to look it up because I, I I literally just saw it. Um, oh, I closed that window. Um, she is being mocapped by the girl that plays the. Um, the, in the Mandalorian season one, the woman that is like doing all the like the the uh, smithing, like like is like oh. taking the metal metal and melting it down, stuff like that. Yeah, what's has, her name? Has that epic fight scene towards the end? She's been in a lot of stuff actually as a as a um, action superstar. Yeah, like a. Um, we'll find her. Yeah, um, anyway, I'm anyway go ahead. Name. Sorry, but yeah, she is. She did all the mocap for uh, Ahsoka's character, so it was um, oh Lauren make Lauren Mary Kim. So, uh, so what you're watching here is actually Ray Park and Lauren Mary Kim dueling it out together in motion capture, sword fighting. Um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. So um, that's why it looks so fluid. That's why it looks so so classic. Like you know, definitively Star Wars is that it is those actors that are, that have, been, that have done star Wars fights in the past. So, awesome. um, yeah, so cool, man. I, I love the action in all, in both of these episodes, all the, the blaster fights and all that kind of stuff too. But the, the sword to sword lightsaber sword play at the end of this episode is some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Um, cool. anything, anything star Wars. So it was so cool to watch. Uh, she throws him out the window at one point has to chase him. They go up to like the top rafters of this building, which is a really cool set piece. They're basically having to like fight each other on almost like a, um, um, oh, gosh, I'm like a loss for words. Scaffold. Like, it's like a, it's like a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the very top of the building. Uh, and it's basically the rafters and it's just this long metal, balance beam looking pole thing pretty awesome yeah yeah so they're they're having to obviously balance and not plummet <laughs> down to the earth below um and, and but also fight each other which is just awesome i mean i i could definitely see how this could have been something in a movie and it maybe just didn't make it to a movie like i could see how this was like a real thing that they were going to do in a movie at some right. point and just never had the chance to do it right. and so as far as set piece moments like you think of some of the great set piece moments of, of lightsaber duels like um the throne room you know at the end of uh, return of the jedi or 
honestly for me like the the um uh death star episode nine death star fight with the waves crashing over them i thought that was yes. really iconic iconic really cool um but honestly that like them fighting at the top of this building in the rafters had that been like live action honestly it would be up there for it i think in top five lightsaber set pieces for anything right um so yeah it was really cool to see that too epic stuff um, she, he hit like grabs her hands at one point or hits her sabers out of her hands and they fall down. Um, we'll probably never see those lightsabers ever again. Cause by the time we see her in the next, uh, series that she's in, she's has completely different lightsabers. So that was kind of like a one-time thing that she even had those and ends up cornering her. And then she, he like goes for a lunge, like to lunge towards her. He, she actually grabs his lightsaber out of his hands. He falls and she catches him with the force to keep him from dying. And he actually pleads not for his life, but for his death at this point. Like he actually says, let me fall, let me die. You know, this is the, this is the end for me. And I think it's mostly because he doesn't want to go into captivity. And she says, no, death is too good for you. The clones show up and they grab him, tie him up and uh, string him up and uh, yeah. basically capture him. And, so and are we going to have steps. the trial of Darth Maul or, it's, or are they just going to be transporting him and Dude. then he's just going to escape because of all the things that are about ready to happen. I mean, there's no, by the time they can actually get back to Coruscant, there's no time. There, there's no Republic anymore. Like yeah. it's, I mean, every, at this point, like the events that the, it's, you know, it's a two and a half hour movie from the, the beginning of the revenge of the Sith to the end of the revenge of the Sith is the cr- literal creation of the empire. So yeah. it happens in a matter of hours. And, and there's been a lot of years to get up to that last few hours, but in a matter of hours, it goes from Republic to empire. And right. so I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, he's obviously going to get out. I mean, we, we know that he lives on and, you know, has time to find another day later mm-hmm. in the timeline. But um, I, yeah, I don't know if he even makes it to, I, my guess is he's interrogated. Um, they try to say, Hey, you know, what, uh, what do you know? What can you tell me about Anakin or something like that? And he reveals more information to Ahsoka, which causes her to get in touch with him and say, Hey, don't, don't do this. Don't go to the dark side or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see there's two more episodes. So we've got right. 40 more minutes of, of, interesting stuff with mom i wish Mom's they were long- in the, the last episode but i wish those were longer i wish those episodes were longer yeah yeah i we talked about this a couple weeks ago like i they're formatting these for television like mm-hmm. they're they're 22 minutes which you know eight minutes of ads which don't exist on disney plus would make it a 30 minute episode for television so i don't know i would love to see like a 35 minute episode or something like that but i doubt that they do that just because yeah. they probably want to stick to that uh, it kind of sucks. So, but but again, it's gonna be really cool to uh, see this thing wrap up. Uh, again, I wish they, there were more episodes. The four of them they were completely burnt on Wolf, the Wolf yeah. storyline that Dude, makes me vomit. Think about how much how much more storytelling they could do um, had those four episodes not existed. I know we've said this a couple times already, but like, just make that make the events of those four episodes literally one episode at, at most. Well, it almost makes me think of. But it, what, what it always makes me think is like, it almost makes me think that they have these other episodes like in the tank or like already made. And they're like, well, we can include these. We just got to write the story around it enough. Or we're sh- like, we need, we need to add some things. So let's just do these. And this is, that's weird. I, I don't understand. I, it. I shudder. I shudder to think what was canned because they wanted to end up doing the Martez sisters storyline. Like that they had something really cool Jeez. lined up. 
and then they 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 axed it because they said sorry we, we don't have enough episodes we're doing the Marta sister thing I, that that makes me really sad to think about Gosh, it's weird but um yeah we just didn't need those episodes and it had the episodes that we just watched had those been episodes five and six i can't imagine the cool stuff that we could have seen um going up to 12 so but I don't know. Maybe they didn't have anything else. And that, that's the only thing that makes me have, have a little bit of hope is that they were planning on just an eight episode season and they're like, yeah, let's, let's just make it 12 and we'll throw in this extra story or something. This like week, uh, my segment this week in IMDB rankings, um, let's go back and we'll recap this. Oh, yeah. uh, episode one, The Bad Batch was an 8.4 out of 10 stars. Uh, Distant Echo, number two, is an 8.3 out of 10 stars. Uh, on the wings of Kiridax, your favorite new creature to ride around, 7.8 stars. Uh, Unfinished Business was an 8.6 stars. That wrapped up the uh, Bad Batch uh, storyline. We start out with Gone with a Trace, 6.6 out of 10 stars. Uh, Deal No Deal, that's that's episode 6, 6.3 stars. Yikes. It's, it's only going down from here. It only gets better. Dangerous Debt is a uh, series low at 6 out of 10 stars. And then it rebounds together again uh, where they finally finish off that stupid storyline at 7.3 stars. The last two episodes, Phil. Old Friends Not Forgotten, 9.8 out of 10 stars. Woo-hoo! And The Phantom Apprentice, 9.9 out of 10 Woo-hoo! stars. So. I totally re- agree with that. We rebounded. We're on our way back up. We've actually, people are ranking it higher because they're so appalled by episodes four through seven. Or that's, rewind, five through eight. Back to you in the studio, Phil. That's that's actually a good point. Like, I almost wonder if those <laughs> numbers are higher than they ever would have been had they just not even aired episodes five through That was their plan. <laughs> that was their plan to end on a high note. Dude, 9.9. It'll be interesting to see if that holds. It's the episode episode nine has only been out for a week. Um, but uh or you know, a week and two days. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that goes down. But man, I I couldn't have felt any different. That's a, that episode nine and episode ten are, are ten out of ten for me. Those episodes, they're perfect. Oh, they're great. perfect episodes. Yeah, I mean, they're they're that's a great uh, showing it, that we're not completely wrong on our thoughts. So, yeah, makes you feel a little bit better about things. Now, this is a little recency bias, and I may take this back by next week or the, the eh. week after. But um, episodes nine and ten for me, at least, were just as thrilling as anything we saw in the Mandalorian. And I, I honestly did not think that that was going to be possible in, in this final season of the Clone Wars. They sure are we, good. I mean, I, I, I love the Mandalorian. Like it's, it's one of my favorite shows at this point, Yeah. but uh, you're right. I mean, hard to beat when, that when we, thing. When we started with the bad batch, you and I at that, at that time were like, these are great episodes. Um, the Mandalorian is better and we shouldn't have ever even tried to compare the two. Like the, the you right, know, Clone Wars right. could never possibly be on the same level as the Mandalorian. Of course. Yeah. But, but honestly watching Maul, Darth Maul come back, watching Rex promoted to commander, watching Ahsoka kick butt. Honestly, it was, if, if it was in live action, I would have been even more thrilling because the animation is, is there's always that disconnect of like, oh, this isn't real. But right. man, as far as like what the lore that we got and the story that we got and all the action scenes that we got, it's in some ways it's more thrilling than the Mandalorian. But I would, I would say my hype for it is about as equal as anything that the Mandalorian put out. Right on. I was so, so excited. So I, I mean, I couldn't have gone from such a, 
a low low of the last story arc to such a high of this and imdb obviously reflects that too exactly so um cool well i think that's about all we can probably say about clone wars right now um you sent me a message as we were um as we were having that conversation uh what movie did you want to do how about rogue one next week okay i would think that would be good it would be timely i think um it's still in the vein of star wars it would kind of get us there i mean i guess we could do no i guess it would probably be better to that we could do the clone wars movie but that might be confusing um yeah the, the only other thing I'd, I thought about is not Star Wars at all, but it's Jetpack. It would be the Rocketeer. Because I, I like having wa- watched the, the Jetpack scenes in Clone Wars Season 7, I was just like, oh man. <laughs> I kind of joke. Wait a minute, doesn't matter. No, let's do, let's do Rogue One. I, I'd like I honest, to do Rogue One. I, I, I like actually, it a lot. So. I, I, okay, so I saw it twice in a row in theaters. I actually saw it more than one time in cool. the theaters. Um, but then I have not seen it since. So I saw it twice in like a week. And then I have not, I've watched it zero times since then. So I actually would kind of like to go back and watch it. Yeah. It's really well done. So I need I to watch it. With, I, I need to watch it with Jessica because she, she's never seen it. Uh, so. Saw it. Was it Saw Guerrero? Yeah, dude. I would love to see. So, so you're going to see him see in this him. thing. Yeah. He's I old, literally just he's saw him old in season and grizzled. Six. Yeah. He's old and grizzled. So it'll be pretty cool. Cool. That's a great idea. I would love to see Sagarera because I honestly don't remember some of the things that he said. And now that I have Clone Wars backing, I'd love to put that in context and talk about that next week. So, um, yeah, let's let's plan on that. Um, cool. Have you been watching anything else on Disney Plus that you wanted to uh, share with the class? Normal stuff. Uh, Marvel Marvel things here and there. Um, yeah. Uh, just uh, uh, Ducktales uh, on there. We love the new Ducktales. Ducktales. Yeah, old and new, both. We I was gonna say it's, it's, it's old details at our house. Yeah, we we've been watching they're, a lot of that. They're both great. Um, Gravity Falls is also something that I've never uh, seen Miller, that episode. You've you've mentioned that or those that series. You've mentioned that several times to me. Miller likes that show a lot. Uh, there's a little bit of odd. It's got some odd stuff in it, but it's good. Like it's really well done. So I think uh, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but I thought you said like there's some Twin Peaks. Well, it's got, it's very much like it's very odd. It's like X Files, basically, but it's a little kids okay. show. But it's got some weird stuff in it, and there's some spells and things like that. So you got to be careful how young your child watches it because they're very impressionable. Some of the things, but it's really funny. Like it's a funny show, and it's really well done. So cool. Good times. I might have to check that out. Yeah. You? What have you been watching, Bill? Uh, nothing. <laughs> no way. I, uh, yeah, I really we are contractually we're contractually <laughs> obligated to say something. No, um, like I said, old Ducktales. Um, watched several episodes of that. Uh, Jordan really likes watching. Jordan, our three year old, really likes watching the original Rescue Rangers. So, we've oh watching, yeah, absolutely. Uh, season, season one of that. I think they still only have season one of that show on on Disney Plus, which is a little odd to me. It's odd. Um, they're gonna, I'm sure, add the other seasons eventually. But Chip and Dale. Yeah, she likes that show. She really likes uh, Ducktales. Um, I took that took that back. The other thing that we watched this week, and I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, was the uh, Ducktales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Uh-huh. Have you seen that movie? Yes, from, I have. From the early '90s, I would imagine. Darn good. It's really good, actually. Um, it's uh, for people who haven't seen it. It's it's think Ducktales, but obviously the animation is much much better. It was is formatted for a movie, and it is basically. Scrooge and the boys, the you know Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and a girl 
uh, which her name escapes me, a gr- young girl that Webby. Uh, uh, yeah, Webigail. Um, they go and find this super huge treasure. It's I think Indiana Jones. I mean, it's it's right ripped right out of the pages of indiana jones um they go through you know avoid all these traps and booby traps and stuff like that and get this treasure but then it's stripped away from them all they're left with is basically aladdin's lamp and then um it becomes like a wish fest for like the rest of the movie so i think kazam but like a hundred times better (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) they all take turns taking wishes having wishes so and uh uh jordan really likes the gene uh is that what they name him and uh the, the the genie character um she really likes him a lot so cool yeah well very good very good we love some ducktales so it's awesome yeah it is good it it, it holds up amazingly well and she really likes um Launchpad for some reason. Yeah. I think I think she likes all the characters, but um, Launchpad's just, awesome. He's funny. She thinks that he, he she thinks he's hilarious, and um, she w- whenever he crashes something, which is like almost every episode, um, she she makes sure that the whole house knows about that he crashed it. So oh, <laughs> Launchpad. I can hear her she saying get, that. Oh, Launchpad. <laughs> she gets a kick out of him. So. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. We're going to, we know what we're doing for next week's episode. So if you've not seen Rogue One, uh, definitely watch it. It's honestly like a top five Star Wars for me, uh, movie for me. It's really, really good. So, um, sets up episode four basically of the movies, the original Star Wars movie, really well. So, watch that movie if you haven't seen it like me and since it first came out in theaters uh, definitely go back and rewatch it and we'll have a great conversation about it next week and then in two weeks we will wrap up the clone wars it's hard to believe it's already over um but yeah that will be uh, the episode that we record uh the weekend of the 9th may 9th so um we will uh so that episode will probably come out either on may 9th or may 10th we'll talk about the final two episodes of the clone wars so All right, well, we will see you then. Watch Clone Wars and come back for next week's episode. Roger, Roger. Roger.